Hi, I'm Miriam Burke. And I'm Eving McBride. And welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week we'll be bringing you insights, advice and our own personal experiences, along with some great guests to help you, our listeners, navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting. In this special episode of A Little Birdie Told Me, brought to you from Nanster House, we're joined by TD Jennifer Whitmore to discuss Budget 23. From the cost of living crisis to soaring energy costs to childcare, we're discussing what the proposed measures really mean for Irish families and what more needs to be done. Childcare is something that is a huge issue for all Irish parents. Um, and I think there was a lot of expectation that this budget was going to deliver something monumental. Um, I personally don't feel that it did. Um, I'm sure a lot of other parents don't feel that way. But what's your view on it? Um, there's obviously an increase in the uh, scheme that's already in place, but what were you hoping for? Yeah, so there, as you say, there's been an increase in the scheme and I think the, the government is saying there'll be something like a 25% cut reduction for, for parents who uh, have childcare costs. I suppose with childcare, Ireland has always performed so badly, so we're coming off a really, really low bar. So a lot of the time, even when we get a bit in the budget, we're all really happy about it because, you know, like anything is better than nothing and we're not used to having significant or um, I suppose, you know, enough investment in childcare. So I, with this, I think, look, it's, it's a good start. It, it is more than has been previously given. Um, obviously, we'd like to see it go a lot further. Social Democrats are very keen to have a public uh, provision of childcare and early years learning. I think that's really, really important because we believe that's the way to make it most affordable and also best for staff and best for the children and best for families um, and best for our communities right because childcare is central to, to how our communities function and um, so that is what we would like to see happening um, but I suppose this is you know I, w- I won't take away that it is a positive step forward but it would be good to see it more and happening a lot quicker uh, so that we can move to all those other models you know all these other countries across Europe have models that we you know, would would love to see here. Um, and there's no reason why they're not here. The only reason they're not here is because there hasn't been the political will and there hasn't been the political investment to date. And that's the difficulty with it. But it is possible. And something that we didn't actually, that wasn't touched on at all, but I don't think it was expected either in this budget, was an increase um, to paternity leave and parents leave. Because I know the two extra weeks parents leave has just come in this summer. So it wasn't an expectation. But I do know that... Um, there is uh, the hope that it will, like by the Social Democrats, that there will be a, an increase in that as well, kind of along the same lines as a European model, so that um, parents can divide the time, maybe, so that the child is cared for by them before, you know, until they're one. Because as we know, there's so many, there aren't, um, the childcare places are limited anyway, but even more so for babies you know for kids under one years old so it's just such a dilemma and I think there's there's a lack of I suppose acknowledgement that it's not just childcare in childcare facilities like Mm, childminders are filling in the gaps and obviously some parents choose that but there are a lot of people who out of necessity just have to go down a different route and they're not eligible for this grant or reduction in fees so what is the argument? Is the argument that there's not enough money out there to do it? Or where do you think that reluctance is coming from? Uh, do you know, I think I think any parent who has had young children, they know that with each child, uh, their needs are very different. Mm-hmm. They're different at different stages of their lives. They're, they're different 
because of the different personalities. And I think um, I think the one thing that the parents know is that whatever early education system or childcare system that's in place, it needs to follow the needs of the families, right? So I think the key thing that we need and that we haven't seen in any of the budgets is uh, we need choice. So families need choice that matches with their needs at a particular point in time. So, you know, many families would rather someone stayed at home with babies, you know, when when they're particularly young. And that's certainly a social democrat, you know, policy and, and um a key principle for us is that, you know, either mommy or daddy or or whoever, whoever the parents are, that they should be able to stay at home and spend that really important first year with a child. Um, then once the you know once children get a little bit bigger, I think you're ready to sort of let them out on their you know own a little bit, and I think that's where childminders come in really really well and the work for for many families so well, and I think this budget missed that, mm-hmm. so it missed um, you know the provision of of. Um, funding for childcare. I know the Minister has said that, that they will look into it, but I think it would have been good to see that as part of this package because you can't separate childminding from early years and childcare provision in the country, you know, so it should have been, been part of this package. Um, and, you know, there are also many families who want to stay at home, you know, who believe, you know, they, they don't want their children going to childminders or childcare, uh, you know, facilities. And I think that their uh, involvement and, and what they're giving up to be at home with their children, you know, from a community perspective needs to be recognised as well. So I think I think one the one sort of feature of, of all policies to date is is the, they're being developed without really that sort of fundamental choice being given to families. That's been a major consideration. And I do think that that's really important because as I said, we're, our families are all different, and you know, you could be at a stage where you know you have you have a child, and they really want to be in a in a much bigger childcare facility. They're just that suits their personality so well, and then you might have a child who wants to be at home with mommy or daddy or whoever, you know. And I think it's important that we facilitate families to make the best decisions for their family. How did you navigate childcare yourself? Because you're a mother of four, mm. so that is in <laughs> itself a massive task and undertaking to even like understand where everyone needs to be at a certain time but did you rely on childcare outside of the home or what way did you do it? I probably did every every single element my first two boys were actually born in Australia so we would have had um, I worked over there uh, and we would have had a nanny coming into the house Um, and then when we moved back to Ireland uh, I stayed at home with uh, you know when I had had another two children Um, and I've used childminders and I've had them in facilities so I sort of used every element I suppose I I always look at uh, people who have their families, you know, the grandparents around with, with huge envy because I never had that. My, my mother was in Wexford and uh, so we always sort of had to manage ourselves, um, which, you know, was really like it was really hard. And I do feel for families now who don't have family support and as well as that, I know, you, you know, you shouldn't have to rely on families. And I think a lot of people do. And I don't think that that's right either. Um, you know, but yeah, I sort of I, I would have tried, tried them all. And, and, you know, as I said, like some of my kids would have loved uh, been with their childminders and some of them would have you know preferred to be home with me as much as much as they it's could it's personality you know? it is That's the thing yeah. and I think you really really hit the nail on the head when you talk when you spoke about choice and that you know we look at what we have now and you know we have to be grateful it's not you know Ireland is a great place to live in lot of ways and that um but like you know we have to be realistic as well and that like childcare is still it's just so expensive you know I was saying to even earlier we're paying for you know children's private education when they're two you know and then sending them for free education after that and it just doesn't make sense um but yeah choice is definitely the main thing um but 
because of the cost of living at the moment, people just don't have that choice anymore. Um, women who maybe want to stay at home or men just can't because they have to work and then they have to pay the bills that are rising up and up. And then we had a case study today or a, a woman on our that we published a story on rollercoaster.ie who is a uh, mother of a young child almost two and she is paying you know 250 euro to her child minder every week because she can't get a crash place and she's worried now with the lower fees that there won't be that you know that the the list will get even longer and longer so um, like it's virtually impossible to get your child into a crash in Dublin yeah. at the moment yeah. um, I know this like anecdotally from friends who have you know just found out they're pregnant and they're ringing crashes to put their you know and it should be a lovely time you should be excited you I, shouldn't but be it's stressed even, it's, about, it's even you know. so clinical that you're like you're, you're, it's also a bit of a gamble you know yeah. like being realistic about it but um, my two children have just my daughter's in Montessori and my son has just started in the crash attached to the Montessori and um, he kind of got in by accident nearly it was like a place just became available and we, we took it um, and he's 18 months old and I think you know if he hadn't have got a place my mum is excellent and like she's been such a help to us and we're so lucky and fortunate to have that but we were going to have to rely on a childminder to supplement it so it would have been paying a childminder you know an hourly rate and then also paying for my daughter's Montessori obviously avails of the Eki scheme but then supplementing it you know because they don't just take them for three or for five half days a week um, so we were doing the maths on it and basically if we were going to go down that avenue we would come out with very little after paying all our childcare off. And I think, you know, that is such a sobering thing to see that you've, you know, as a woman, you've gone to college, you've worked really hard, you're having your kids, you're having your family, you're trying to do the best for everyone, including yourself. And then it just does not make sense for you to work. Um, and I, f I just don't know what, me I do know what message that sends. And I just think like that has to be also included in the mix. Like what are we telling younger women in Ireland yeah. who are coming up through the ranks you know, work hard, do everything, invest in the country that you're living in, pay your taxes, and then what do you get from oh, it? Oh, one of the most depressing things that ever happened. My son was, uh, he was maybe 18 months old, and I, I was uh, at home with him at this stage, and uh, he was looking around the kitchen, and he said, oh, there's daddy's, he's like, there's daddy's uh, t TV and daddy's stereo and uh, daddy's car and daddy's, and I said, oh, I said, and what's mammy's? And he went, the kitchen. Oh, and no. I, I actually burst into tears. I can imagine. My husband got home and I said, I'm going back. Yeah. I'm going yeah. back to work. That's it. You know, I'm not. But but it is. It is it's like it, it's just one of those things. You, you just say you resign yourself to the fact that you have to just put your head down and you get through those two years or three years when you need it. And as a woman, you, you know, it means that you probably won't actually see any of the salary that you make because it goes straight into into the care costs. Um, and you do it in the hope that once the children go to school, you'll be able to take a bit of a breather, relax and actually get on with your career as well, you know, and like that's just, it's just such a difficult place yeah. to and be. And then you're like, you're missing years on maternity leave anyway. Every time you have a baby, that's essentially you're out of the workforce for a year. Mm. So like, it's just, it's a total domino effect really yeah. when you think about it that yeah. way. And like really where we need to be going as well is that, because we're talking about like mothers taking time and all, like it needs to be a family yeah. a family thing and like ultimately we won't have equality when it comes to work or pay or any of that if we don't make it as easy mm. um, uh, for, for, for men 
or the second partner to 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 take that time as it is for the, for the mammy to take it you know are there any countries that are doing it right like you, you mentioned you lived in australia what's it like in australia oh it's quite a while ago now um it, i think there was certainly um in australia there was certainly a lot more community based uh crash so so the one I would have sent my children to was at the end of my street and then a lot of them were and it was run by the parents mm-hmm. so the, the the model was actually really good it was a not for profit um uh childcare and and it was flexible right so, like that's the one thing you don't get here is flexible childcare and I think actually I think it was a real missed opportunity by the government when they were coming up with the deals with the childcare sector in relation to the core funding I think they should have had an element in there to say that if you accept this that you do have to provide some level of flexible childcare because we're we're encouraging people to work from home as much as possible or to you know to to do four days or three days or whatever um but if you have to do, if you have to pay for five days for a crash place, which a lot of them do make it like it, it sort of defeats the purpose. So I think flexibility should have been uh, a key thing of that. But so, yeah, so in, in Australia, there was, you know, there was sort of drop in sessions. So you just ring them up the week before and you say, look, I'm just looking for two hours. Uh, you know, that'd be so Thursday. handy. So handy, like you could yeah. get your hair yeah. done. You, I was about to say, you just get to do <laughs> it yourself. Get, like, <laughs> the jobs for yourself that you don't have time to do. Yeah, you know, or you don't want to like you know. There's nothing worse than bringing your child around when if you're trying to try on clothes and yeah. they're, they're hanging why, out of the curtain. But that's why women, I mean, mostly women, um, are trying to do four day week so that they can have that extra day where the child if they're in crash they're just going to go in anyway because they're paying for it mm. um, and then kind of do, do the, the jobs to do the, yeah. do the jobs yeah. yeah and that's but like that's needed because then you only have two days of the weekend so you somebody's going to have to do it then uh and then you want to try and spend your time with your family. Yeah, that's yeah, because you have yeah. the guilt because you're not spending enough yeah. time with the with the family or you're cleaning or whatever. Yeah. And then when you're doing four days, you always do five days and your four, you know, your four yeah, days, condensed. you know, so you yeah. do sort. But yeah, so I think look, I think there is there is a period where it is really really difficult um, as a young family mm-hmm. because the supports aren't there. Um, like one of the fan, oh, one of the fantastic things that they have in Australia and I'd love to see it translated over here is they, they have this service you know if, if you're having trouble getting your child to sleep um, or any behavioural issues anything like that there's there's um, they call them mother care nurses and you can ring them and you can get advice and if the advice does, doesn't help then they will actually you can go visit them and if that doesn't work they can come out to your house and help you try settle your child and get them to sleep um, and if that doesn't work then there's actually a, a residential unit where you go in with your children and they teach you how to get your child to sleep right so I was over there had two years and this is all free uh, it was f- I think five dollars a day for the food that's all I had to pay okay and okay. I had two babies 18 months apart the, second one I hope he's not listening but the second one just <laughs> did not sleep at all he was constantly constantly on the boob and you know okay. um, and I, I got zero sleep so we went in and we had the two kids and they helped me settle him and then on the last night you're there I was there for five days the last night your husband or your partner can come in mm-hmm. and they mind the children while you go out for dinner Amazing. it was just incredible yeah. and I'd love to see that level of support here yeah. because I think in Ireland there's an expectation the families will give that support and will be the ones but as I said that's not a not always possible and we have a lot of new families in Ireland as well who don't have their extended family with them you know and as well as that it's a lot of pressure on families to be the ones to to do that so it'd be great to see some supports like that you know sort of thinking outside the box looking to other countries to see you know how they do it there and what's the, picking the best from but everything's kind of privatised here isn't that it like if you have sleep issues with your child like if you can't afford a sleep consultant you buy the book and if you, the book doesn't work 
yeah. you probably like ask other mums or whatever you know what I mean yeah. like it's there's nothing it's a bit of a muddle it's kind of I feel like you kind of the best kind of advice you get is from other mums and people who've been there and can kind of just pass down kind of their wisdom to you um but there's very little by way of public like public health nurses are amazing for you know and they're stretched and they yeah. have limited resources you know when you first have your baby and if you're breastfeeding you can go to the breastfeeding groups and again they're amazing and an amazing resource but you know, I feel like we've spoken about this a lot of times. Once your baby gets out of the kind of like danger zone of like, you know, can you keep them alive, especially with your first baby, <laughs> there's very little there, yeah. you know, and especially in the community. Like, and I and I think that is so important, especially whether you're a new parent or you've got older kids or whatever. It's that feeling of we can help each other and, you know, I can get advice from you and everything else. It's just, it's like we need someone to either like centralize it or... I don't know how you would even do it singularly in your community, but um, I know I read that when you were, I think, kind of first getting involved in local politics, was it a, a playground was what, kind of what sparked it all for you? Yeah. That there wasn't a service or a facility for yeah. your kids in Greystones. Yeah. yeah, the playground was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we got all the mammies together. Yeah, and like yeah. that's the yeah. kind of the people power mm. to kind of go like, right, we want something done and we need it done. Um, but then I suppose... What other countries, like we're kind of talking about countries, I think Scandinavia has always kind of stuck out, stood out to me as a place where it just seems amazing to live there. Yeah, and, and like so cheap as well, yeah. for, you know, for childcare and, and, you know, and it's just, you know, I, I like sometimes they like paying like maybe 20, 30 euro a week type thing, you know, and which is really where we need to be going because, you know, like having children is, is good for our society and for our communities. We want to support families to do it. Um, when you're talking there about the the bringing people together or having people who are going through the same stuff as you and, and just being able to ask for that, that advice. One of the other things that they do over um, in Sydney, and I just thought was a great idea, is that every um, mother who has a baby, say if if you have a baby in November, the public health care nurse, the equivalent, brings all those mothers together after maybe two or three months. And uh, there's uh, four weeks of meetings, so they'll they'll have someone in talk about breastfeeding, or they'll have someone in talking about this, and at the end of it, then they essentially say to everyone in the group, "Okay, we're now leaving. If you want to keep this group going, you know, give your numbers and 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 you. What happens is they're called um, mother groups. Um, they everyone just continues to meet at the same time every week. So I would still be in contact with the my mother's group from Sydney, and my yeah. my boy is nearly sixteen. Yeah. You know, and they become such a huge part of your life because you can sort of look to them and go, I can't do this. Is this normal? And everyone goes, oh, yeah. You know, like that's you, you, you can just having that that peer support is hugely important because I think sometimes you can feel you're on your own or you're doing something wrong or or you don't trust yourself. You don't I think as a mother, you can just not trust your yeah. instincts. And it's, sometimes it's nice having someone there just to say, no, you're doing you're doing a good job. But I think, you know, we can look at those countries. We can look at Australia. We can look at New Zealand. Um, New Zealand's really expensive. I think, but they do a lot of things childcare related, right? And Scandinavia, and we can see everyone can can look at it and say they're doing it right. <laughs> so why are we not doing it in the same way? You know, what's stopping Ireland just adopting these models instead of of you know doing what we're doing? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think I think to date we haven't had enough women to be honest okay. in politics. I think that's a yeah. big part of it. Um, like it'd be you know I think unless you've been through, you know the mm -hmm. <laughs> how well, yeah, it's like you know you can sort of bring that kids, experience. I was like, yeah. childcare. What like what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it might affect me. Yeah. yeah. Now I do think you know that might change because I do think there's a lot more. You know, dads are mm -hmm. 
get more involved. So I think they, the younger dads in particular, know how difficult it is. Um, you know, but I do think that it is important that we have women in politics because we can have those discussions. And I remember one of the first, because um, I'm a huge breastfeeding advocate, and it was something that I would have raised, uh, particularly when I started in the Dáil. And, you know, you could see, visibly see, some of the male politicians were uncomfortable with even talking about it you know so but it is it's something you need you need to have it discussed because it is such a part of of our lives you know having children all those uh, women's health issues you know we're over 50 percent of the population so these things need to be discussed and there needs to be the more discussion there is then the more political will hopefully and more funding and and you know moving in in a better direction um and i think that's where we you know, need to need to be going with it. I think one of the, the things about this issue as well is that it is such a limited point in people's lives. I know it may not feel like it now, <laughs> yeah. but you do come out yeah. of it, you know, and you can, you can start to see, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel and then you can, you know, breathe that sense of relief that, you know, that when the children get a little bit older and a little bit more independent and you get to sleep through the night and all the rest. And I think it, it is, it, it's interesting. I think people put their heads down, they get through it. And then once they're out the other end, other issues become big for them. You know, their priorities change. And I think with something like that that's sort of short-lived, it's harder to get the political will behind it to make that change. That's so true, you know, to to be able to plan anything and you you need to be in it you need to experience it and yeah women more women in government definitely will help with that and also you know younger people coming up you know and with young families or potentially young families that's definitely you know rings true but um just just for a second when we were talking about how the childcare issue will only last for a certain short number of years which is great um we had another story on site today with a single mother who luckily says she's she was happy with what was proposed or you know with the budget announcements um relating to her because she has two kids who are 12 and 6 but they're still going she's still now going to um benefit from the reduction in childcare because her kids are in childcare when you know she's working and she's a single mother so it's it's lasting longer for her we have to think about those age group as well yeah. and, and that situation but i even think it's amazing that a single mother is able to work i know if i'm honest yeah. with kids Absolutely. who need childcare yeah. because like to to put two kids into childcare on a, on one salary is no mean feat yeah no. well she said i mean she said that it's uh, a huge boost that's like a quote from her which is right you know it is a huge boost it's not I think that a lot of people were kind of amazed with that step that it was I, I know there were rumblings in it coming up to the boost but or coming up to the announcement but um it was it's it is kind of significant well it's yeah it's 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 good that there's an acknowledgement that something needs to happen and the change needs to happen yeah but I guess as long as it's the first step that yeah. we'll keep on going we have to see That's the path it. it's not yeah, yeah. Like it, it can't be just this is and then you know next election or next budget or you know next government that it It falls off like we can't allow that to happen Mm -hmm. because we need to build on it it needs to get much bigger much broader and as you say like you know it is very much it's not just for the little ones but there are people who need childcare supports for longer Mm -hmm. and it's really important that we give those supports so that women can go back to work if they want you know really really important but it's better for everyone because there's so many studies show that the better your childcare is the better your economy is because it frees up the market like so many more women can go can keep working and um, 
But I suppose, you know, this is the cost of living budget. That's what it's being marketed as. And there's the childcare provisions, which are great and welcome. But they kind of, I think, the common thread that's kind of apparent to me as you're reading through all the different measures is that a lot of it seems to be, you know, I wouldn't say tokenism, but it's a it's a payment here, a payment there, a top up here, um, which is great and welcome. And, you know, I'm going to benefit from the double uh, children's allowance in November. And I actually said to my husband, I was like, that'll be so handy for Christmas that we can kind of, you know, budget accordingly. Um, but where's the long term infrastructure in place? And I guess energy and the environment is a big passion of yours, Jennifer. Um, and especially with the soaring energy costs that we're all experiencing, you know, a top up of, you know, 600 euro broken into three 200 euro payments will be great in that it'll take the edge off these astronomical bills that are coming through everyone's doors. But where, what's the long term plan or what what should the long term plan be? Because to me, I can't see any sort of infrastructure in place for a sustainable long term energy. Yeah. And, and that is that is the issue with with this budget. And I think, you know, like the, the 600 uh, credit for electricity, like it is great, but like I'll get it. The reality is you know, people like myself who are TDs or who are, you know, earning good wages. We we actually don't need it. The, it should have been more targeted. So mm-hmm. so Democrats were, were critical of it in that it's not targeted mm-hmm. at families that, that need it and individuals that need it most. But it is also, as you say, it is a, it's a point in time. It's like a little bit of cash injection. Hope everyone is OK with it and then we'll move on. But the reality is this energy crisis could be with us for for a long time. Right? So how do we make... Um, our homes more sustainable? How do we make them stronger to any sort of external shocks, um, price shocks or uh, energy security shocks? And I know the government um, and to a certain extent, I do I do agree with uh, Minister Ryan saying that, you know, we need to retrofit because we do. Our homes need to be made, you know, warmer and um, more energy efficient. But really what I would have liked to see, see right, when you retrofit, A, it's very expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So unless you're um, you know, you're qualified for the warmer homes, so you're getting a social welfare payment. Um, you 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 get a grant towards your retrofitting, but you have to pay for half of it, right? So, like the majority of people can barely afford their mortgage or their, yeah. you know. So I, we were I think actually talking about this earlier. It's you know, a lot like of money, you know. Solar panels are amazing, but you need to have a lump sum you in do. order to, yeah. to avail of the grants yeah, that are yeah. available. And and who can like, you, you know, I, I think it's unrealistic for the government to think that even with a low cost loan, that people will go out and get themselves into even more debt yeah. than and they are And it's kind of outsourcing the, the problem, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So like one thing that I, and I, I don't understand why, and I've literally just been saying this um, in, in the Dáil Chamber today, I don't understand what the government's blind spot is when it comes to solar, right? Like solar isn't going to be, it's not the, the perfect solution is not going to meet ev- you know every energy need we have but it's a really really important part that we haven't focused on enough and the thing about solar is it can be done really quickly so with retrofitting if you're getting it done you know it's you, you have to a lot of time you have to redecorate or you sometimes you have to move out or it's a big job takes a long time whereas with solar you know someone could put panels up on your home over the ca- course of a day or two so it, it's much quicker. It's it's much more um, efficient to do because you could send in a team of fitters to do an entire estate. Right. So just sort of swoop around, do the entire estate in, in, in the matter of you know days or weeks. Um, and it would reduce 40 percent of your energy bill over the course of the year. So, um, you know, like the social Democrats, like we called for um, uh, a scheme whereby, you know, there was 100,000 houses 
that actually had solar, you know, installed over the course of, you know, two years. And we think that was really feasible. You know, we I spoke to people in the industry. They said, oh, look, you know, if the government went and bulk bought solar panels, you'd be looking at at least half price uh, on the cost of them. You know, it, it, it is a it is a really practical solution. And I think it's just disappointing that the government, when it comes to energy, they sort of just barely tweaked what they'd done last year. Because pre, like prior to the war in Ukraine and the subsequent crisis with prices, like we are in the middle of a climate crisis. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like that's something that we're, well, not we per se, but a lot of people are overlooking. Like there is a, there is an emergency happening right now and it doesn't have anything to do with a gas pipe or, yeah. you know, at the price of the petrol pumps. No, yeah, it was baffling to me when I was like listening to the budget and, I, and all we can hear is the cost of living crisis, cost of living crisis, energy and fuel prices up, up, up. It's like, well, you know, let's, solve it by using different forms of energy and I I, I saw Roisin Shorthall's um, speech in the Dáil talking about it saying that like there was an opportunity like just what you were saying there was an opportunity for investment that was just ignored like, no, and, I, and I don't understand why because it, it sort of met it met so many different needs right it was going to reduce emissions yeah. it would help people deal with these energy costs but as well as that we have a grid that's about to fall over because oh, right? yeah. it, it hasn't been invested in and so we're, we're at risk of you know blackouts and brownouts so if people were actually not taking from the grid but producing their own like it would, would certainly assist right so it just it was just sometimes I think one of the most fr- frustrating things about being a TD is when you see a solution that you think is just a real no-brainer and you can't understand why no one has done it um, and look at hopefully you know the, the, the government and, and will will wake up to the fact that you know solar is is, is something that uh, we should certainly be looking at because it is so quick and easy to, to, to put up you know um, really really important that they think outside the box a little bit I, I know and I feel like it's, it's like what you're saying it's that thing of you nearly have to reach breaking point before something is done mm-hmm. Um Maybe. There's always, always budget 24. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> if we're still here. <laughs> we still have a, a climate. Exactly. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess, you know, there is a lot of other kind of um, measures. I suppose healthcare is one thing that I think there's a lot of um, positive moves with, you know, the VAT being removed from period products and HRT. And we now are going to see that there's going to be government funded IVF. I think we're the last country in Europe to offer that. Um you know, what else kind of do you think there could be with regards to healthcare? How, do you feel like this is a really positive step in the right direction? Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't think the amount of money that was allocated was a lot. I think it was 10 million or something, which I think, you know, um, isn't isn't a huge amount. But look, at it is it is a positive step um, and it is good to see, you know, things that I suppose would never have really been spoken about before now, you know, like you know, the, the VAT on period products and things like that. Like, it is great to see now that, that there is movement on that. Um, I think there needs to be an expansion of that scheme. I think, you know, like it should never be the case that, that any girl doesn't go to school because that, that happens. You know, some girls don't go to school because yeah. they can't afford. But you can see um, private companies taking it upon themselves to have period products um, available to people, mm-hmm. like e- even in... Um, certain pubs and things yeah. that, and restaurants yeah. it was just like here help yourself like take as, many, as much as you want because we de- never want anyone to be short Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's very good marketing in fairness to <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm being cynical but I'm like it's excellent marketing <laughs> I put a stash in my bag <laughs> good woman branded <laughs> but uh, yeah so look, look it is good yeah. to, to see things like that but there are I suppose other things um, you know and, and even outside the budget other things that I'd love to see happen like I was chair of the, uh, the international 
Joint Directors Committee on International Surrogacy. Mm. Um, and so we, we reported and, you know, gave our recommendations that there's a new, there's a bill going through uh, the doll at the moment called the, it's the Assisted Human Reproduction Bill and that will be what sort of provides for the IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to see that also deal with international surrogacy and also uh, retrospective parenting rights. So for all those children who were born to surrogacy, Mm. um, those children don't have any or the the mothers don't have any legal connection to those children, which is obviously completely wrong. And it's, you know, so I'd love to see that happen over the course of the next couple of weeks mm. as well. And it's not a budgetary issue, but it's it's, cer- yeah. it's certainly something no, that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Really so important. important. And when you, you you know you hear we uh, the the committee experience was incredible. We had uh we had uh you know intending parents, mothers, fathers, um we had uh women who who were surrogates, we had children who uh, were born from surrogacy. We just had so many voices and we had all the experts in as well. Um and it was just incredible to listen to everyone's experiences and just get a real sense. Because I think surrogacy is one of those things that you can, if you don't uh, know, if you haven't listened to people, you might have predetermined um, ideas about it. But it certainly was. It, it, it completely opened my eyes as to the, the situation that so many families are facing in this country now. So I would love to see the bill uh, take into account, particularly the, the retrospective element of it, so that those children you know, do have a, a legal relationship with, with, with the only mothers yeah. that they've ever really known, you know. Well, we'll be keeping a, a close eye on that mm. because it's kind of um, an issue close to our hearts and roller coaster as well. So I'm really glad to hear it, Um, you know, that there's being pushes made towards it. Yes, so absolutely. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what about the, the increase to the free GP care? So I think parents with kids who are six and seven are going to be delighted. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, but it's, I think I read that it's, it's going to be, it's not just the six and seven year olds, it's going to be other people will now qualify. But I think there's been a bit of, I suppose, tension with the GPs. GPs. Yeah, yeah, kind of thinking, how is this actually going yeah. to work? And is it going to cause waiting lists and kind of nearly turning to the, the UK NHS model, which I know is, is amazing and provides amazing care, but does entail waiting lists for people to see their local yeah. GP. And, and I think, you know, like, it is really difficult to get GPs even at the moment. So I think that is one of the current concerns that people have expressed with me is that I, I, you know, they just don't know where the GPs will come from in order to meet this this additional uh, demand on the service. You know, now look at having um, universal uh, GP access is a great thing. It's a, an excellent thing uh, that we need to be providing. But when you're providing it, you also need to make sure that the infrastructure is there so that it can happen mm-hmm. and it can happen quickly and properly. And I think sometimes uh, that balance, uh, the government doesn't achieve that balance. So it'll come out with an announcement. Now, this announcement was made last year as well. So and it obviously didn't happen, you know, so hopefully there, there will be moves. But when there's an announcement like this made uh, and there's funding allocated for it, really what we need to be seeing as well is, OK, from the government, like what structural changes are they going to make to make sure that there's going to be enough GPs? Because, you know, if you don't do that, well, then it's really a, an academic exercise, you know, or you, or you will make things a lot more difficult. As you say, you'll you'll have like long waiting lists. It'll just be very difficult for everybody then. But everything feeds into itself, you know what I mean? Mm. Like we're into each other. Like that's the, I suppose, obviously it's very easy to just sit back and read the headlines and kind of determine what you think should happen, <laughs> um, which I'm not guilty of at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, 
okay, we don't have enough GPs. Why do we not have enough GPs? We can't retain GPs in Ireland. People are qualifying here and then People they're moving abroad because they can't yeah, find anywhere yeah, to live and yeah. they don't have anywhere to put their kids. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like there's so many different parts to the puzzle that need to be fixed, I suppose, in order for everything to function efficiently yeah. in the ideal world, yeah. in the utopia that we'll never live in. Um, but, you know, housing is one of those things. And part of the childcare um, measures were increased wages for childcare workers, which is so deserved. I yeah. think anyone who works full time with kids, mm. yeah, is yeah. like incredible and is owes all or deserves all the money that they, they earn. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of crashes I've been hearing, again, anecdotally, are either closing some rooms or, um, you know, reducing their services that they provide because they can't retain staff mm -hmm. because their staff actually can't afford to live in the area yeah. or close yeah. to the area that the crash is. Um, housing is obviously a massive issue. Um, you know, what kind of would you like to see more of? Were you happy with the, the um, I suppose, keeping of the, the help to buy scheme? Um, I know sometimes that does face a lot of criticism because it's talking about that it's helping developers rather than helping people See, on the ground. Yeah, so that's the thing. So when you're talking about, um, you're right, everything is circular, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's sort of fundamental things that we need to see happen in this country. And they will only happen if the direction or the compass of government changes. So the government that we've had, you know, this time and, you know, the previous governments, their their compass was it's pointing the wrong way. It doesn't point to people, it doesn't point to communities, it points to developers when you're talking about housing. And that's the problem. So if you look at, so whenever there's a problem, they think, well, the solution is the developers are the solution. Right? So, um, you know, there's not enough apartments being built. Well, how do we fix that? Okay, we will give developers more money to build apartments, right? So that was the government solution. So they, you know, I think it was 450, million last year they set aside for developers of apartments in Dublin so that developers couldn't get an extra 140,000 per apartment right so that was their solution right if we have a problem we'll give you know also developers and and it's the same with uh, social housing they they can you know there we've obviously a, a real need for social um, and affordable housing we'll get developers to do it and again another half a billion being given uh, on long-term leases. So where developers build the homes and after 25 years, uh, you know, the council leases them for 25 years and then the councils will hand back the key, right? And at that stage, you will have paid 400 or 450,000 per home, yeah. which they would have been able to build their own home and have the asset, you know, so, so that doesn't make any financial sense. So it's like there's this sort of constant uh, drag towards spending resources in the wrong way and and that's the fundamental problem and until you get that fixed and I don't think that will be fixed unless there's a change of government because we've seen over government and government and government that that's where their priorities are it's not looking to communities to see how can we do this best for people within our communities they always have to have a middleman that's making some money out of it somewhere you know, and when you're delivering public services, that's not the best way to deliver public services. Mm -hmm. And so we have, you know, it's it, like that's the, the case with housing. And then you say, as you say, you have the knock on then we don't have enough housing impacts on childcare, impacts on health care because, you know, nurses and doctors can't 
get accommodation where they need to get accommodation impacts on schooling impact because you can't get teachers teachers can't afford so it impacts on all these other things and it's like this ripple effect that just goes through our communities when those fundamental government services aren't being provided properly yeah you know and we need everyone to stay here because we need people to pay their taxes to pay pensions and you know like yeah. there's like it's like yeah. it's not even if you're working now you're thinking oh well, I don't really care what happens in 20 years you know in 20 years you need the workforce to fund you yeah so. yeah well that's you know. and that's the thing isn't it you know we'll go through again yeah. we'll go through different phases in our lives where sometimes we'll you know be more productive and we'll be feeding into the system and paying taxes and then there will be times where we're we're, we're potentially more vulnerable or we need more help whether it's healthcare or childcare. Um, and then you'll come out of that phase and you'll you know be putting back into society again and then you get older and you need a bit more help so it's it's this sort of constant uh flow of uh, I suppose giving and taking really yeah. within a societal perspective. Well, in that perspective. way, I think it's just important for us to um, to stay in touch with with the things that are going on that aren't particularly uh, related to to you at that point of time. I think that's how you can. I think that's how we can only make things better because yeah. you know if we're just focused on on childcare and we'll go for the childcare marches and that's and then they're out of it and it's just like okay I don't care anymore you have to keep on caring yeah, yeah. that's what makes a good society, society absolutely <laughs> but you know what and, and like I do think um, we're, we're really lucky to live here yeah. because I think ultimately Irish people do want to do that we do look after each other mm-hmm. you know we have that sort of community structure um, and we do we do recognise that you know not only do you want your own children to be looked after but you want your children's friends to be looked after and the cousins and that you know and, and I do think we we think um more holistically about our communities and and like that's a fantastic thing because you know like I've lived in other countries where that's not necessarily the case and it's a lot more individual and you know so I think we are really lucky um but what we need to do is just make sure that if if you know that's how our communities live we need to make sure that our government reflects those values and I think sometimes government can forget that they should be reflecting those community values that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Um. I think on that note, Jennifer, um, <laughs> thank you so much for, for joining no us problem. today. We really appreciate it and it was great to just really get your, yeah, your insights. Thank you. Thanks so much.